Hey, welcome, Patreon listeners, to a brand new show. Uh, this is one half of the titular Cardins that are hosting A Bad Trip to the Movie with the Cardins. I am Charlie Carden, regular host of Secret Friends Unite, Code 47, and the Holocron Chronicles here on the Secret Friends Unite Patreon network. But you already know that. But what you don't know is that I'm here with the lovely, the talented, the greatest lady in the whole wide world, my wife, April, who's going to be doing this show with me. April, say hello. Hello. Welcome. Well, it's something to know about April and I is that uh, A, as I had mentioned, she's the greatest lady in the whole wide world. Uh, but we've been together for about 10 years, and something that we figured out early on is that we like going to the movies. And what we like about going to the movies so much is that we a lot of times just don't care what we're watching. We just like being out. So we see, we see particularly, and I talk about this a lot on SFU, uh, oh, how fortuitous. I just had a cat go by and meow. That's going to become very important to the show as we go along. Uh, and you'll see. But as, as I was saying, you know, we really love going to the movies. Um, and sometimes we just, we just don't even care if it's a dumb movie because, um, we just we just enjoyed the experience. So that's what this show is going to be all about. Like I said, a bad trip to the movies with the Cardins is going to be about some serious stinkers that we've enjoyed over the years. And uh, it's funny, the movie they're going to talk about today um, is one that I actually enjoy for kind of ironic reasons. But April is just not having it at all. Um, <laughs> so honey, the first time we saw this movie, like first impressions in like the first 20 minutes. It was terrible. Like, first 20 minutes. It was like the whole, I didn't even know what was going on in the first few minutes. <laughs> well, we won't keep you in suspense any longer. We're going to be talking about the 1982 uh, adaptation of an older film from the 1940s that is called Cat People, a uh, supernatural horror film directed by Paul Schrader who is a native of Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where we are right now. Kind of a strange dude for kind of the, some of the stuff that he was made. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail as we go. Film stars Natasha Kinski, Malcolm McDowell, uh, John Hurd, uh, and Annette O'Toole. And as I had mentioned, it's a remake of the 1942 RKO Pictures film of the same name, really thinking it probably wasn't as explicit as this one turns out to be. Um one thing that's really notable about the film, soundtrack by uh, 80s like icon Giorgio Moroder. Uh, this is the second film that he and Schrader did together, the first being American Gigolo, which April, we just saw that not that long ago because there's a television version of that now with um, that's on Paramount+. Plus. Um, quick compare and contrast between that movie and this one. What do you think? Very different vibe. <laughs> but still a lot of nudity. I mean, still uh, breasts. <laughs> But very different vibe. Still breast butt. Uh, but yeah, Marauder did the theme song, um, which features lyrics and vocals by David Bowie, which, I mean, you know, David Bowie is one of those artists you just want to think, oh, this guy never had a misstep. Everything he did was just gold. But um, Wilbur Stark and Jerry Bruckheimer were, were the executive producers of this film. So let, let's get right into it. So as I had mentioned, uh, Paul Schrader is the director um, if you're all familiar with Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, where we live, and again, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, talk about religious stuff. Something that's very big here in West Michigan is the Christian Reformed Church. And this guy had a very strict 
upbringing, went to Calvin College uh, University, which is is here. God, it's about five minutes from our house. Just very, very by the by the book being the book that's the Bible, uh, dude in his upbringing. And I think when he came of age and he got out of college, he just cut loose. Because most of his early films are about violence and nudity, honey. Do you remember the first movie, the one movie we saw of his that they it was partially set in Grand Rapids and George C. Scott was the star, wasn't it? Was it Hardcore? Oh yes. You, you remember I what I'm talking about? Because yeah. yeah, his 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 daughter, who was kind of like a like a stand-in for Schrader in this case, went off and joined the adult film industry in San Fernando Valley in California, and then he goes out to find her. But a lot of it was filmed in and around Grand Rapids, so I'm just like, wow, it's a little too close to the mark. That's not really what this movie is like. This movie is just kind of a bonkers adaptation of um, of an old movie, which we've I mean, never... We, we don't ahead. know that because we have never saw the first one, so we don't know that is what true. it was like. That, it could that be bonkers, is- too. It, it could be too, but anyway, jumping into my notes. So yeah, like I said, the the, the opening credits seemed like they were like twenty minutes long because it's like this very like slow roll in of the Bowie song, but it's all just Marauder's music. But it just really seems like it goes for like ten minutes. Um, you because see a lot of skulls still a lot. Yep. Don't know what the skulls are about. It's yeah, but, it's got it's it's got a big haze, you know. So the opening scene is like it's kind of it's it's like this big, and, and some of it kind of looks like maybe it's a it's a little bit of practical effects, but it's kind of a lot of just maybe doing some some different stuff with camera filters. But it's very red, and you see uh, uh, an older woman tying a young girl to a tree, and then the mom goes off and sits in the corner and is just watching as the, the young girls tied to a tree and a, a panther or a leopard, some kind of, you know, serious, you know, big cat comes up and just kind of hops up, puts a hand on her shoulder and looks like he's giving her a kiss. And I'm just like, I, 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 we get an explanation for this a way further on in the movie than we needed to, but I still don't get it, you know, at this point. Cause then I it's like, this it ro- was the, yeah. the first time that the, Leopard and a girl merged, or whatever. So, so this was like a first date. It was like a kickoff. Because yeah, like kickoff to their relationship. That I guess because up. you know, still within yeah. the sequence, the, the, a day goes by, and you know, it's daytime. The girl comes up. She goes into the cave, which I assume is adjacent to where she was tied, to where With the leopard a very is. Sheer dress on that you can see everything underneath. Yeah, she was completely. Yeah, so she was going to. So you, you're kind of getting the picture that they're, you know, she's, this is like it's, it's a second date or something like that. It's just like, okay. Third date, third date. Th- they're going. Yeah, third date. Going all the way. Third base, fourth base, <laughs> fifth base, as Homer Simpson would say. <laughs> um. but, then, but then you see the tree with all of the, the red scarves tied Ooh, to all the branches. Is that like, that's like and notches that, in the belt, like, like in like the high school, like the big oh, man maybe. on campus? Ooh, maybe, oh my God. maybe I don't know. The red scarf reappears later in the movie. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, all right, so we're done with that scene. Any other thoughts before we move on from your notes? Uh, no, that was that was it. Just kind of like then whatever. It just shifts to modern day, and right. you see a chick in an airport. Right. Yeah, she's by a-, a man who seems to know her really well, and he's super creepy, and um, she doesn't seem to know him. So it was right. kind of weird. And, you know, it's a, the, the, it's Malcolm McDowell, the character of Paul. Um, Malcolm McDowell is great at being creepy. Anybody who's seen The Clockwork Orange 
we don't need to talk much more about that. Um, and then, you know, he also, you know, played a villainous role in one of the Star Trek movies. So it's just, he's very intense. Oh, he's very intense. Um, but yeah, it takes, you know, you know, he's, this is New Orleans. And he's like, yeah, you're, you never really get a picture of why she's there. She's there. And she goes on to explain kind of what her career goals are in a minute. And you're just like, eh. um, but he's a preacher of some kind at some kind of hippie day glow church. Cause you see it later and it's all, it's painted in colors of the rainbow. And it's just like, wow, this is a little, right. and he, so, so he has a house and he has a housekeeper whose name is spelled like the word female, but it's, she pronounces it female, and we got to spend at least what I feel like is 30 seconds talking about that. And it keeps coming up. Um, and yeah, so it, it turns out she was, or, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, their brother and sister, they were orphaned when she was four and obviously separated and she was just chapter around orphanages and, and she's just like, Oh, I used to fantasize about you when I was at the orphanage orphanage. So she knew she had a brother and just, it seems like, it seems like this whole thing would be solved in the modern age by, you know, 23 and me or, or, or maybe a, you know, responsible CPS or something like that, how they got separated and you don't really know how they got. Re- yeah. He was super oddly intimate with her too, like coming up from behind and, hugging her from behind which isn't something brothers do and sniffing her and stuff and it's just like yeah yeah, so very very intimate right yeah a whole lot what i read here is that's that's how it is in their family (laughs) kind of vibe and you know he's got at the top of the stairs and again he's he's a preacher guy which you wouldn't really think he was loaded but he's got this big fancy place and they've got a cabinet of circus stuff cuz their their parents were carnies but she was 4 years old and then they're reciting um uh something that they you know like a circus rhyme that they used to do together it's just like how did they, I mean if she was 4 years old and she would she spent all her life it just a lot of that just seems super fuzzy to me like how does yes all well, of that parents- were circus performers, but it looked like they were like lion tamers. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So because I just don't. I wrote down. You know, is is it cat memory? Because obviously, cat people, whatever it is. I mean, our cats know to wake us up at like four fifty five because they want their treats or whatever. So yes. I think cats can tell time, and they got incredible memory. And this is this is really just the proof of it. So yeah, I couldn't figure out what he was doing. Yes. Um, in this early on, but, but anyway, yeah, he's super creepy, but you know, the night, the night ends and, and she goes off to bed and then you cut over to what's obviously like a no tell motel. But wait, 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 yeah, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Before that, before that she gets into bed and she's sleeping and he's like roaming around the house. He suddenly leaps off the bed, up, up onto the bed. On the end of the her, bed. On the yeah. end of the bed. And he just oddly leaps up and just sits there watching her. And purring. This is even what the caption said, yes. purring. I'm just like, oh, yes. what the? And what the? Then, Ooh, Jesus. then it pivots to a prostitute walking into a, a right. no-tell motel. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you know, the guy at the desk is like, uh, oh, you're, you're you're an hour late. And she's like, I had to find a babysitter. I'm like, oh, look at this lovely hoe. She's a working mother, too. I love it. She's working more ways than one. Um, but it's weird. She, walk, she walks into the room. And, you know, there's nobody – she didn't say that, like, the bathroom door is open ajar. And she goes into his jacket and, like, takes money out of his wallet. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've never obviously done business with a prostitute. Is that how that works? Do they just kind of help themselves? Oh, here's some money. Well, um, talking to an empty room. Like, talking yeah, exactly. about price and – 
right for services rendered yeah because really she's a masseuse that's how she portrays uh, herself but she lays down on the bed she sits on the bed and there's like all this weird goo and like hair like on the bed she's like oh what is this and she sees like an appendage like like a black something out from under the tail and it's flopping so it's like oh it's like an animal tail and then a claw comes out and slashes the back of her leg and she's screaming she's falling down the stairs and then you come up with the absolute dumbest and it's funny there's notes on this later the absolute dumbest thing she crawls down the stairs screaming bloody murder and then as she turns around to see what's following her her top pops open and then her boobs are hanging out bloop her bra just opens up imagine that Oh, my God. Yes, exactly. Um, and you think, oh, maybe she gets away. No, but we, we, we end up finding is that, you know, it's the next morning and she got – she got, no, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The line is because one of the guys from the zoo that comes along, who's also the drama teacher from Teen Wolf, I recognize the guy right away, the movie Teen Wolf, not the TV show. He says, uh, oh, good news. The hooker was mauled last night, but she's all right. What does mauled and all right exactly, like, mean? I don't I know. Mean- I know. It only got her ankle, so I guess so. It didn't get her anymore. She got away with her with her boobs yeah. hanging out. No big deal. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so we meet the trio of from the so it's a quartet of people from the zoo. We got uh, John Hurd, who I just call Kevin's dad for the rest of my notes because he's Kevin's dad in Home Alone. Lana Lang slash Martha Kent. That would be Annette O'Toole from the Superman. Those two different Superman things. And Ed Bagley Jr. And I say in my note, which one of them is gonna get killed? Which one, you know. Is that like a boff Mary kill, you know, is the kill right. junior, I guess. And um, yeah, so so that, that cat, whatever, it, you know, the, the cat that attacked is still in the room and there's a camera in the room all of a sudden. Did someone put the camera in the room? Do they just generally film people? Is Maybe that's a security camera. Make sure that the well, guys getting services that, don't get too cranky. Yeah, that is something that they said that it was kind oh, of. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I missed that. So anyway, what are the. The leopard is very pissed. Spicy kitty. That's what I wrote, which is my, one of my favorite videos on yes. Facebook. Little spicy kitty with its little hisses. Um, yeah, they shoot the they shoot the kitty in the ass with the tranquilizer, and it's flipping out. And, and somehow, when it's flipping out, it's flipping out so violently that it damages the ceiling below. He's stomping and yeah, breaking it. So yeah, he said, yeah. "Well, he's a super powerful cat." Oh my goodness. Um, so anyway, at this point is when uh, Irina, by the way, is the name of our main character. We didn't, we, I don't think we mentioned that. She wakes up in the morning and Paul is not home. She asks Famale, where's Paul at? Oh, he must be um, at the mission. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I th- he was supposed to show me around town or whatever. And Famale's, oh, just go by yourself. I'm like, oh, that's safe. Strange young girl. Why don't you just ride around the bus? And as you can see, when she's riding on the bus, there's this one guy like leering at her and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, because she has no bra on and you can tell. Exactly. It's like she just walked. She's like, she's like, she's a pod person. And so, yeah, she gets nipply. Yes. It's it's very, it's a very exciting experience, I guess. So she gets to the church where Paul's supposed to be a minister. And I wrote this down. Full gospel church of God in Christ. And I'm like, man, like I said, marketing must be a bitch for that place. Because that's just, just uh, yeah, I wrote it. Looks The church looks like hippie nonsense because it's all painted up and all this different stuff. Oh, so yeah, she goes and this is a weird one. She talks to the lady at the church, the church lady and church lady's like, hi, he hasn't been around today. But if you want to wait in his office, that's cool. I'm like, why would she wait in his office for what? Like the next 24 hours until he rolls around? Um, 
So it's just weird. So she gets back in a cab and she gets like the most obnoxious cab driver who's busy singing to herself and then um, doesn't want to drop her off at the zoo because she says the zoo is gross. And but she's just like, you know, OK, um, get ends up, you know, getting at the zoo, um, which is where she's supposed to be at. But she's like really into walking around like the the place with the wild animals and the cats, she's, like totally into it and looking at the the black leopard who came from the 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 from the cat house so the, the you know whatever um so yeah she was, so she was sketching she got, it yeah she was sketching she, it she was, and, yeah, right. and although she left the house in the morning um it becomes suddenly dark at the, it happens still at the zoo i guess so she like was the, standing there drawing for a very long time it was she was really into it. So so we cut back to our characters uh, who who are you know it's the dude who runs the you know who runs the the wild animal exhibit at the zoo and his underlings and they're talking to the um, the guy who runs the zoo and it's John Larroquette. Uh, this would have been just before Night Court came out. I talk about Night Court on the show on our shows all the time. It's one of my fa- it's my favorite sitcom of all time. And it's funny because the the character of Dan Fielding, who he played, was also from Louisiana. So I'm like, is John Larroquette from Louisiana? And he also looks like he's wearing one of Dan's suits. So I wonder if the the budget was so low on Night Court, he had to bring his own clothes, and maybe he had to do it on this movie too because they spent all the money on you know naked people running around in cat effects. I don't know. Bring your own clothes. Why not? Keep it cheap. Um, yeah, I had a note. I think Lana's funny. She seems to braid her hair between scenes, and then she unbraids it and braids it again. I'm just trying to get Kevin's dad's attention. I understand. So you mean, um, you mean Clark's mom? Clark's mom, Clark's mom, Kevin's dad. I know it's very complicated. Yeah, I didn't get it because Kevin's dad is listening to like a sermon on the radio and trying to memorize it, like he's um, reciting I, it, but I not getting it I right. Saw it in notes, that it's a poem. Oh, okay. So it's like, is he going to slam poetry then? Because like, is it open yeah, I don't mic know. situation? Must it was have, really must weird. have been. I don't. Yeah. I don't read books like that. I guess. <laughs> I guess but not. you you watch movies like that. So. I do. Well, I just remember them, but I don't. You know, I don't challenge myself by going to open mic night and trying to recite movie lines. Right. I, I could though. It, it comes up. So it, it's at this point, like you said, it's dark and um, arena still outside sketching and because the zoo's closed you know kevin's dad kind of says hey what are you doing and she runs away and tries to run up a wall and then he has to talk her down and then they start flirting oddly jumps into a tree yeah very oddly yeah so i think to the top of the tree right away Right. I think you find out here and then later in the movie, you know, because, you know, she's a cat person. I think she has more of her abilities, like kind of all the time, as opposed to like she doesn't have to transform so she can do jumps and leaps and flips and shit. And it's kind of no big deal. So can her brother. But she doesn't know this. She doesn't. Right. So I don't know how she decides that. Jumping up into a tree makes sense. I don't. Maybe, maybe it was just instinct. Who know. knows? So, so they end up going out to dinner. She she asks him to dinner. So she's a little for which is funny because you know you really find out that you know she's she's very virginal and innocent and stuff. But she asks him out to dinner. So they're sitting there and chit chatting and having oysters on the first date, which I thought seemed oysters kind of that are what looks like a burger joint. Right? Yeah, after exactly. She said she was a vegetarian, so apparently right. she's actually a pescatarian. Uh, I don't know. You see, she's French, so maybe, or or, or wherever she's from. Then I make it super I mean, clear. She she's got the weird, very French, but her brother doesn't. So I don't right. think she's supposed to be from France. It's just they got they got very. Maybe that's why they never found each other because they're on different the continents. Actress. Could be. And I love her description of why she's there and look at what she's looking to do for a living. She says, "I'm looking for a commercial art job. I've been taking art lessons. I I don't think that's how that works." 
don't people who have commercial art jobs have, you know, degrees and, and resumes and stuff like that? Not I've been taking some art lessons. I don't know. I don't know about the art right. world, but it just seems like that's not the, that's not the kind of thing you just kind of fall into. But you never know. But, no, you know, Kevin Hurd's just like, uh, well, why don't you come work at the zoo in the gift shop? You know, <laughs> whatever. Your unemployable ass could handle that. It's working at the gift shop. And she's yes. all, okay. It was no big deal. And so she she ends up there the next day. And you kind of see, uh, you know, they're, they're getting the elephants out, uh, you know, stuff and getting everything ready. And I love they were walking, starting to do their rounds. Our main character's doing their rounds in, in the, the cat world or whatever. And they walk past the monkey cage and the, the caption say monkey gibberish. I thought that was pretty great. Hmm, monkey gibberish. Um, and he's continuing to flirt with her and it's because she's at the gift shop now. And it's just it's just bad. It's just it's it's just bad stuff. So um, as they were going through the different animal cages, I noticed that the orangutan was watching soap. <laughs> it's just his animal- own TV. I know, right? Exactly. Talk about t- talk about privilege. First world problems right. with the orangutans watching the soaps, and, and, and also- Bigley Junior. Yeah, watching it with her too. The I also thought it was interesting that there were Boy Scouts in uniform inside the zoo store, uh-huh. the yeah. shop she was working. Which I thought they looked very similar to Boy Scout uniforms. And I just can't believe that the BSA actually allowed that to happen. Right. Well, you know, the BSA has had their own problems. Maybe they just let this one slide. <laughs> well, this was long <laughs> before a lot of those problems came right. out. Right. But yeah. Oh, my goodness. So um, so anyway, Lana comes in and chats Arena up at the gift shop and invites her out to have a drink later. And they're, they're chit-chatting and having uh, having bar chat. And, and then Arena, you know, gets around to talking about, well, you know, I'm really, I'm a virgin. And then Lana's talking about kind of all the, uh, it seems like she's, yeah. Kind of, kind of pervy, and then Lana's already asking her about here about Arena's sex life and stuff, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's she's, not something I normally do, but she li- did bring it up herself because she right. talked about how she was a virgin. Little, little forward, and so yeah, there's then there's that creepy Spanish bar lady who stands up and you know says mi hermana, and then runs out of the bar and and lana's like huh that's weird well tell me more about that time you got groped by that guy you almost lost your virginity to and they just go back to talking about stuff so anyway the day's over we're on to the next day or maybe it's that evening and ed bigley jr the cuts in this were terrible yeah exactly yeah you're right you have no, no concept of time ed bigley jr is is in the feeding pen with the with 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 our, you know, the the black leopard, uh, who we know is Paul, and he's he's got to feed it, and he it's being really cantankerous, and you, you can just tell that it's going to be his time. So he's trying to feed it, and then Arena walks into the zoo pen for absolutely no reason at all. Yes, she works at the zoo, but what the hell is she doing back there? Yeah, I don't think people who work at the gift shop are allowed to go in the back area. Yeah, especially as be, and be around dangerous animals at feeding time. So Ed Bagley Jr. is trying to feed him, and then you know uh, Kevin Hurd brings him the uh, the zap. And too late, uh, the kitty snagged his arm and rips off his entire arm at the shoulder. Uh, and so Ed Bigley Jr. spurt and blood. But you know, the cat didn't even eat it. He just ripped it off just to be a dick. So the, the you can tell that blood, he's a person. Yeah. The blood like splashed like red Kool-Aid. <laughs> a bad texture. It didn't it was- have any thickness or viscosity at all. 
Oh my god! I also wrote this because Arena was apparently standing right next to the drain where it was flooding, and she was wearing yes. white shoes. That was a bad plan. She yeah. had to, you know, you weren't even supposed to be there. And so, uh, yeah. So now Kevin's dad is like, "All right, now it's time to shoot the cat," which is exactly what he was arguing with Dan Fielding about before that he didn't want to do it. But he goes back in to the kitty pen, uh, and Lana is with him. The lights are off, and they turn the lights on, and the black cat is gone, and just a pile of goo. It's a mystery. Yeah, because it had to go, it went from light again to dark while he was getting the gun. <laughs> right. So the gun right. was in a different room. He did it did show him going into a different room. But right. The light changed when he Right. So it took him a really long time. No consistency. So Oh, here we go. So anyway, now Arena's back home after all this, and Paul shows up. And he's like, oh, I was uh, consoling condemned prisoners in jail or whatever. And then here we go. Now Paul starts telling her a little bit about, and he's, it, we don't get the full story now, but she says, hey, here's the deal. You're a kitty cat. <laughs> or something of the, something of the like. And he's getting really rapey with her and grabby, grabby. And she's just like, I'm going to break out. And that's when you see her do what I at first thought was a stunt of some kind. Like she goes to, um, she goes to jump out uh, the window and you just see someone from the back who does like a double gainer or whatever backwards. But later on, when you see her without her clothes on, which happens a lot, she's got the most unbelievable six pack of abs that I think I've ever seen on anybody on film. Yes. I, she must really, really be a gymnast. Does. Yeah, she must really be a gymnast, pretty, but pretty amazing. Um, but while they were talking, her brother told her that she can only be with him. <sighs> she can't, she can't be with the zookeeper or whoever he is. She can only be with him because they're, they're alike. Awesome. Great logic. But again, there's more to that later that you'll find yes. out. So she, she runs in the street and flags down a police car and then, Goes back, whatever, goes back to the rapey house, got to hear more about the rapiness. And the lead detective guy, he's a sitcom dude. I recognized him. He was also like the slumlord in Coming to America. So I recognized him from that. I can't really remember. And Frankie Faison, I think, is his name. Um, so they get in there and they find out that Paul has a murder dungeon with the cages and a bunch of carcasses and bones and stuff. Um so, yeah, you kind of figure out the Famale's in on it because she's they're taking her away. And uh, I kind of feel like it's you, you never really get to the bottom of was she just kind of looking the other way? Was she like super part of like finding people for him to eat? I don't know. Um, it was really weird, too, because like the cops were driving by and she was running up, uh, like running on the sidewalk. And right. they they didn't decide to investigate until the dog in the backseat started barking as they were driving by the house. And I just think that's yep. weird. Like, does that it's what dead, happens? It's, it, it was a canine unit. That's what it is. The, that's what they, they, the they don't have barking at a house. They don't have, they, they don't have sirens. They just have the dog and that's yeah. <laughs> they know when they got to go. So this is, and this happens throughout the movie, but there's that theme song that is, by Marauder, that's the all-purpose kind of interstitial music between all the scenes that goes do 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 do, and all I kept hearing was meow 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 meow. <laughs> I know I can't. I did, that's what I hear in my head all the time, anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah. So you know, the big solution is she can't stay at Rapey House anymore because nobody's going to be there, and it's a crime scene. So Kevin's dad is like, "You'll just totally stay with me at my weird mansion place or whatever." So goes back to. 
Yeah, it was no, 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 no. His regular house, his regular house. They haven't gone to the cottage yet. They go back to his regular house, and he's showing her around. He's yeah, he's this super well-rounded dude with big, great hobbies. He's into darkroom photography. He's fixing up an old MG car like he's like a dude, dude. But then, yes, you're right. Then they then they are going to spend the weekend out in the country or out on the bayou, and he has a cottage out there. And there's just more of the the terrible flirting, and they're going to go out and they're going to go cray fishing or fishing, fishing and or whatever. When when they're driving there, he tells her someday he's going to buy her a plantation, which I thought was really weird. I, do, I think that was just more of his terrible, you know, just flirting. trying to get her into bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, again, that ends up being quite a long, there's quite a long, what feels like a long game on this deal. But yes, they go crabbing in um, in her impossibly short shorts. <laughs> That's what I wrote, waders too. on. With right. waders on, and you, there's, there's actually a gap between the waders and the shorts, because the shorts are so short. Oh, my God. almost see her private. Heart. Yes. Well, don't don't worry. We'll get there. Um, we flash it back. Yeah. It yeah. It, we go right to back to town, and yeah, cemetery to the cemetery deal. So Paul's walking around the cemetery, and there's this busty blonde chick who talks like Betty Boop, and he, he you know, talks to you. They're going to go have a drink or whatever, and then they cut away yet again back to the cottage, and they're having dinner and it's the lines in you know john heard kevin's dad is like uh oh do you hear all those those are alligators you know you know what scares him off is when people make love and <laughs> yeah and then he starts macking on her and she's like no i just can't and she runs off so i guess that's the end of the, the that that's the and end of their evening yeah it pivots again again yep lots of lots of pivoting and really weird jump cuts but it pivots to paul in bed with the blonde bimbo with her boobs hanging out and she says to him mom will make it better right before putting his dick in her mouth right exactly so that's what well that's what we refer to in the animal world as a reptile dysfunction this was before viagra i don't think that's what any man's moms do no, you know what? If they do, you're not going to hear about it on this program because we're not going to watch no. those kind of movies. So that's well, bad. We, so we, but we, we did. <laughs> yep, and we did. But then, thank God, we pivot because when we pivot back to that scene again, it's not going to be a good deal. So we're back in the bayou, and Arena is up, and she's like kind of watching Kevin say anything, and okay, well now she's going to jump on him. Nope, she decides to walk outside, and she takes off her sleeping gown, and she's just super naked. Yep. Naked, full frontal, you're seeing all the bits and Lunch. pieces. Yep, but serious seventies, eighties bush. There's a lot of bush in this movie. They're they they are very bush friendly. Um, and so the Giorgio music is really cranking up, and you start seeing like these weird pastel, like it's blue and then it's red, and it just looks like a serious eighties music video scene happening. And she's eyeballing, you know, she sees like an owl in a tree, and then she sees this poor rabbit, and the rabbit starts to starts to bounce, and you just see her eyes are getting wider and getting closer and then cut out and then you're back you're seeing kevin's dad he's sleeping and he kind of wakes up and he sees that the the screen door is creaking and then he reaches up for the light to turn it on and it's arena saying don't you look at me and her face is covered in blood so i'm like oh okay and then then and then they pivot <laughs> you're right back 
to Paul's yeah. situation. And so, yeah, it's, it's Paul naked and sweaty uh, in the bathroom. It's obviously that room that they were they were in. And you go through this whole scene where he's like, he's covered in the goo a little bit, but then he gets up and, you know, he needs some water, but he also eats some of the goo that's not, oh, God, just, oh. I just wrote yes. just bar. It's just a barf of a scene. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. And then he, he peers out of the bathroom and you see blood splattered everywhere and the bedding torn up and the blonde in pieces on the floor. Right. Yeah. Her arm tore off or whatever. The phone's off the hook. So I did what I wrote in my note. Well, I got to go, dead Betty Boop. Thanks for the blowy. <laughs> yeah. So And she wasn't even – I mean, she wasn't a prostitute. She was just a regular bimbo. So no, yeah. nobody, nobody is safe. So – um, yeah, so they go, you know what, you know, Kevin's dad's back from his weekend of not having sex, and there's another crime scene. And Lana's there, too, and Arena's going to run away. She says, I'm not going crazy. He's all nab, baby. I found you. Not going to let you go. All this codependent bullshit. It's like, no, you you, are, you, yeah. you know what? You are going crazy. See ya. Yes. Yeah, oh he's goodness. running after her, professing his love. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, because she's all, what if little, we can't? A little too much too soon. Yeah, what if I can't have what if we can't ever have sex and he here's his line. I love you and I want to take care of you and that's all that's important. When she says we can't have sex, eh, I don't know that anybody's he, willing to do that deal or whatever. It, he said something like I've loved you since you were born, which is weird. I've never heard in a romantic way. I've never heard somebody say that before. He's just his 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 awkwardness kind of knows no bounds. So, um, so anyway, they're looking for the leopard again because you find out Paul is watching from the tree. Right, exactly. So that's in a bad situation. But anyway, you flash to Kevin and the leopard in, in a helicopter. They're still looking for the leopard, and then you see Kevin on the ground, and his boss is lipping off to him. He punches him in the mouth, and it's no big deal. And then Lana's, Lana's on his case, and he's like, he's like, back off, babe. And he's just, he's Arena is just making him act like a total dickwad. Um, so back at, she's still at his house, but it's nighttime okay. and it's raining. What did I miss? Yes. Something? And then yes. Paul jumps through the window. Just blammo, and, just and boom. Asks her to make love to her as brother and sister. Like as brother and sister, not as brother and like sister. maybe you leave that detail out, even though yes. you're proposing something disgusting. Yes. And now, yeah, and now we're getting the whole deal. Our parents were brother and sister. I'm like, why don't they have eleven toes or whatever? Cue the banjos for this deal. I mean, I know it's taking place in the South, but oh, but holy they have shit. Worse than eleven toes. I mean, come on. We find yeah, that exactly. Yeah, so he's just so rapey and he's all touching her and shit. And then she distracts him long enough to pick up a shard of glass from the broken window and stab him and run out of the room. And then he starts to his 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 bloody arm starts to transform and you see it pop out. And then it, again, it, it cuts away and uh, she she runs off like out of the house outside. And um, that's when. Kevin's dad and Lana get back and she's like, I'm going to put on some coffee. And he, you know, Kevin's dad walks up the little weird, his house has got the weird half stair where there's, there's one mm-hmm. bedroom on it and his is further up. And he's like, Hey, you know, we're back and Lana's here. We're going to have some coffee and glasses breaking in the dark. And like, why would you go in the, the room with the, 
breaking glass in a darkened room without a gun because he has to go back for the gun later because he goes in and then you catch Paul kind of half transformed. And I'm sure people thought, oh, that's amazing. Just because it was so dark, you saw him half transformed and then the camera pulled away and then and then he was the full cat. But this gives Lana the time to go back and get one of his many shotguns, which I guess he keeps, you know, she had to break it to in get the shotgun out. living room. His the gun room. rack was in his living room. Well, it's it was a whole case. It was a beautiful case, like the one my dad yeah. has. Very nice gun case. Um, and goes back and gets it, and boom, she shoots the panther or leopard. I never know what to call him. He falls through the it's window. A, he's it's dead. A leopard. It's a leopard. He he's dead on the street, and uh, Arena is outside in the rain and just screams horribly, and then and then pivot. We're pivoting to the next day where we're we're at the zoo again, and the the, the, the dead, I mean leopard is on the is on the the, the morgue slab the with the little tongue, horror, ha- yeah. the little the little tongue little hanging tongue. out. I thought that yeah. was the saddest part of the entire movie. That yes. poor little kid. I wouldn't say poor little kitty because it liked to eat prostitutes and stuff. That's not really super cool, but <laughs> it was that it was, was and so it was really terrible too because the um the zookeeper or whatever his job was supposed to be is like making an incision and it changes from what actually looks like kind of a leopard to really fake fur and yeah it looks like Like a looks like a bearskin drastically (laughs) yes and as he's cutting the music gets more dramatic and you know something's gonna happen Right, because they keep cutting like as he's cutting. Yeah, oh, leopard's gonna wake up and it's gonna yes. it's gonna bite his head off. Something's gonna happen. Right, and only to discover that there was a person inside. <laughs> just an arm. Just an arm. Just an arm. And as soon as the body was visible or the arm, um, acid like I don't know, like, green smoke and acid, and the whole thing just becomes slime. Right. Because exactly. That makes total sense. It does. It does. Acid inside. So when he transforms, his human body somehow goes into the leopard form, but he's not really a cat because he's made out of some weird gas. I mean, it was just like, wow, that was. I wrote there's there's something you don't see every day. Um, I mean, we we find out later that, or don't we? Do we find out before? I don't know that the babies grow inside the leopard. Oh, so that's what it said. So they. I don't know exactly how the transformation works. So they're the born. I, grow inside. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> yeah. So Arena is just, she's distraught. So she goes to see Famale, who's still in the lockup. Because obviously she, she's been charged and she's sitting there and clearly doesn't have a good lawyer. And Famale is just busting out all this super cryptic advice. Run away from here. Live in chains. Never love. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. And then she goes away. Um, and Arena's like, um, I'm going to go get the hell out of town. And uh, so she goes, <laughs> she goes to the train station and she goes past, you know, there's all the noise of a, of a train station, whatever. And there's a radio playing uh, some cat food commercials. Yeah, I exactly. That. I wrote I that down it. too. It was an obnoxious I, cat food commercial. I thought, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I see what she did there. So she's on a train out of there. And then up all of a sudden, north. she. Uh, all, she but she just asked to go up north, and the guy at the ticket register just said, oh, Richmond, and gave her ticket to Richmond. Richmond. That's how, that's how it works. Virginia? Because She just asked of, to go up north. And I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a million Richmonds in the world or whatever, but yeah, that's like, oh, Richmond. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, she's on the train, and then all of a sudden she is in an 80s rock video. It's like in it's in the desert. I'm like, I think like Prince should be there. This should be a Prince video. But this is where the red scarf reappears from the Yes. She's wearing the red scarf as she walks out into the glowing red desert from the station. And so in her vision is Paul, and now it's Exposition City. So oh, that's where they find out. Yes. 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 So, so, you know what? Take take us through it, please. Take us through yes, the transformation bit. That the children grow inside the leopards and they must have sex with each other or they are forced to become the leopards and they're stuck in the leopard form until they kill something. So that's and, why he's murdering people so they it's can just transform a- back to being a person. Never-ending cycle. And do you get the feeling like it's this way like when they hit puberty or something? Or are they always But as long as they have sex with their siblings, they're fine. Oh, my God. Jesus. I just (laughs) – okay. So pivot. Uh, Now now Lana's uh, going for a jog in the summertime in a very heavy gray sweatsuit, which that that totally makes sense Um, because it's Louisiana and I've been there and it's basically always hot. As I recall. Um, So she's ending her day at the YMCA and it's nighttime again, but it's closing time and she wants to go for a swim. So she's talking to her friend. She's like, all right, five minutes. And Lana gets undressed in the um, in the locker room and she wants to go for a swim, doesn't have a swimsuit. So boom, boobs. Out there. Yes, very, you do get to see very, imp- yeah. very impressive. Um, but yeah, she's in her boobs and her kind of frilly panties, and it's like, oh, that's not something you would think she'd want to swim with the YMCA in, even if nobody's around, but whatever. So she's in the locker room and hearing growling or whatever, and she's like, oh, instead of trying to get the hell out of here, I'm just going to jump in the pool, in the pool. and swim around to the I'm pool and for. hope that's going to go away. It's going to, you know, yeah. that'll make it go away. Then the lights yeah. go out, and she's like, um, okay, I'll just hang out in here in the pool with my tits hanging out. Not a big deal. Should be fine. <laughs> What? Yes. And the lights go out because leopards with babies that grow inside them can turn lights off. I guess. And yes, you're kind of finding out that um, whomever is doing whatever this is has, you know, powers in human form. So um, so then, you know, Arena pops out and she's wearing a sexy trench coat. She stopped to pick up some, you know, she stopped at, you know, JCPenney's at the makeup counter, got some got some eyeliner. She's looking hot. Um, but she's like, I'm not trying to scare you. I just wanted to, okay, well, I'm going to go now. And then her friend from the front desk comes back with her stuff. Oh, you want to get your clothes on? And she hands her the gray sweatshirt top and it's all clawed up. What? How did that happen? Yeah. So I'm curious at this point was, was the growling Irina and did she somehow shred the stuff? That's well, what I'm talking about. Untransformed is what I'm saying. Or does well, she have I, like more abilities than her brother had? I think that's. I think that's like, the she case. She can transform yeah. without. Right. Without well, or people. she can exhibit certain powers. So maybe she can like like Sabretooth from the X Men. She can like get her claws out, and the growling is just something without going going all the way. But yeah. So anyway, okay. So pivot. We're back at Kevin's dad's yes. house. He's in his dark room. Um, and the phone is ringing, um, but by the and so he's got to run down the stairs. Remember those days when the phone was in a place that you had to go to but, in order to use you know, it. Before that, before that, he is developing the film, 
that right. he took of Irina. And he noticed that her she and their leopard have the same eyes. Oh. He was comparing the picture between the two of them. Gotcha. Right. I, for some reason, I, I did not And it was focusing on their eyes. Ooh. So he runs to the phone and he hangs it up and then – uh, Lana calls him and like, hey, should, wasn't that when didn't she already? He just hung it up and they turned around and Arena's there. Yes, and Arena, she's wearing this deep V shirt with no bra and she's like, it is time to go. So she starts this extremely long walk after taking off her top, and yes. she's winding up his winding stairs and unzipping the side of his or of her dress. And she's obviously not wearing any panties the same way that she gets to his bed naked, the same way when he, he walks up to her and even though all this weird stuff going on, he's like, are you sure? I mean, are you like really sure? But he's stripping and he's walking to And then he takes his clothes off. This is when I noticed that her abs were really crazy. It totally. And then he also doesn't wear underwear because he takes his pants off. He's just like, I'm naked. Um, and so they're going through the foreplay and making out. And I feel, I feel like a couple of times when she looked at him, she looked like she was going to eat his face instead of starting yeah, to totally thought I totally thought she was going to kill him. Right. And so. But then. But then yes. Yes. She walks into the bathroom, still naked. After, they, after they've done it, they're sleeping. Yeah. Right. Rubs her crotch while she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's looking all sensual at herself while she rubs herself. And then. She looks at her hand to find blood, and she licks her fingers. Meow. Yeah, that's just super gnarly. So then she gets back into bed, and and Kevin's dad is After still sleeping. After she washes her hands. After she washes her hands. Well, thank God. You know, because yeah. cats are very sanitary. You've, we watch our cats, yeah. you know, clean themselves or whatever. And like I said, yeah, the abs. This is when I picked up on the abs. Like, maybe that wasn't the stunt double earlier. That was really just her. And she's she's laying in bed, and the flat. This is cracked me up because our cats were doing this just recently. Because even in the wintertime, we get bugs around. There'll be a bug somewhere, and in our case, it was in our living room, and it, it ended up in the 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 sconce of one of the light. And the cats, both of them at different times, were reaching up trying to get it. But she just reaches up and snags this bug, and that's when she starts going brrr, transforming and shit. Oh my god. Oh, uh, yes. it's massive. It starts to look like a mongoloid, like her face stretches out all weird. And right. then suddenly the leopard breaks through her skin. Right, exactly. And they, he did take the chance to make sure, and she's a small-breasted woman, that they showed a shot where her boobs went in. No kitty boobs. Oliver wakes up, or Kevin's dad, wakes yeah, up and calls the leopard Irina as it climbs out the window. So he knows. Right, right. And it looked like she was stopping to the, the, before the lever. Oh, I wrote. Uh, yeah, it looked like the, the, she, before she, after she transforms, before she jumps out, she looks like she kind of gives Kevin a little like hug and then she jumps out the window. I'm like, oh, and then Lana shows up and they're off to. To chase the leopard with more great music by Giorgio. I love it. And they they chase the leopard. They corner it on a bridge. Uh, cops on both sides. And I wrote, if this was one of our cats, it would just be napping on that bridge. The other thing going on the cat would just be like. I mean, because that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work doing there all, was, that, all that. Wrong. Yes. There was a huge police force, too, on the bridge. There were. Right. Police, all of New Orleans. Was all unit. the crime going on that night. You got it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So And the leopard jumps off the bridge, and the right. cops just randomly start shooting at it. It's dangerous. Well, Oliver drives away. 
Right. But Oliver's like, I know what's going on. I got to get to the shack. And so he just, he just follows his hunch, but he stops and gets his shotgun first, leaves Lana in tow because, you know, she talk about a third wheel because you know what's going to go down here. So, uh, yeah. So he gets to the shack and Irina unfortunately killed the old dude. What was his name? Yateman. Killed Yateman because Yateman's yeah. up in the tree, the guy from earlier when they went to the, the shack. caretaker. And her voice sounds totally auto tune now. It's all it's all deep and sexy. I'm like, oh, that's a I guess that's very a, weird. That's a cat thing. And so so she she has a proposal for him as they're standing there, and she's I think she's already naked because why wouldn't she be already naked? She's like, uh, make love to me again so I can be with my own kind. And I'm like, okay, you're in you're in Louisiana. A lot, lot, lot of leopards running around here. Where are you where are you gonna be where are you gonna be with some leopards of the bayou? Um Hissing noises while they're having sex. Oh, super sexy. And so, like I said, it's a great deal for him. He gets to have sex and she gets to be a leopard and run around the bayou or whatever. But I'm like, he I, he gives the vibe. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm not happy about it. Uh, I said, talk about a talk about a shame boner. He's like, well, I'm going to do this thing that's good for me, but then it's going to be bad. And then he's got tired of the bed. And he actually, I mean, fortunately, fortunately, it's a bed that has big old frames and stuff. He tied her to the bed, so you know um, that he's trying to keep her contained. Right. And probably learn not, more about later. Probably wouldn't. I mean, not, he's not, she's not going to just run around the bayou because she's going to go to the zoo. Shh, don't spoil it. It's terrible. So I say, I think this is not the first time Kevin's dad has tied a chick to a bed frame <laughs> or that bed frame because it was he his did place. He seemed to have experience, yes. He did. And so but you get a full, then, yeah, yeah. As she's hissing and they're having sex, they cut to Oliver and and her name was actually Alice, the redhead. Yes. And yes. Back at the zoo with a snake and they're kissing and talking about going out to dinner. So he he made a quick recovery. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She just shook it right off. But she, yeah, she's like, "Hey, do you want to join me for lunch? I'm going to go back to our house and have lunch, whatever." So yeah, it's like they're they're a thing now. But Kevin is just Kevin's t- now. Dad is now taking this lonely walk down the leper cages, and there's Arena. And I'm like, how does she not think that she would just end up in the damn zoo? She's not with her kind. She's the only one who's there. So it's I, like I this think that kind of a point, shit plan. Though. I think that's something she wanted. You think so? That was my oh idea. My. Yeah, I think so. Oh my goodness! But, so, but he he gave her treats and scratched <laughs> her under the chin. Oh, which I that works was here. Weird. Super um, weird. She, she growled a few times, and the movie was over. It was right. one then last we, growl, and the credits roll. There was a yeah. There was a big like probably like fifteen seconds of just cat growling and growling, and then you, very much typical of the eighties. You get one big freeze, and then. The Giorgio song plays again, but now it's the version with the lyrics, so Bowie sings it and stuff. Yeah, that's the end. It starts to play. So, oh. I, did, I did notice that, well, the credits were rolling, that they actually called the native people from the beginning, so the girl who was being tied to the tree, they called them Indians, which was weird to me because okay. I didn't really think of them as Native Americans. No, I thought this was, so. I thought it was kind of an Africa deal because. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyway, okay. So that's the end. So some trivia about the movie. Um, I, I took down a lot of notes here. Um, do you want to scroll up and kind of look these over with me? Yes, Tell me I, if was there's looking, anything. I just started looking at it. All right. What's what, what what's something that you find interesting in this lot? A lot of stuff I found. Um, I'm 
Sorry, I didn't actually read it beforehand. So that is um, okay. Let's see here. So, oh, let's see here. Oh, uh, Kinski's full frontal nude scene walking outside was named number 15 on its top 20 gratuitous nude scenes of the 1980s by website flashback in, in July of 2014. I mean, the 80s was filled with a lot of stuff like that. So, I mean, some better, some worse, clearly. Uh, <laughs> so, apparently, this the stalking scene with a note tool. And the swimming pool scene were both from the original movie. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, and speaking and speaking of that, this was the final film for uh, the woman uh, who played the the YMCA employee, uh, Barry Berenson, um, who retired from acting to focus on married life, raising your children, and photography. She died on September 11th as one of the passengers of Flight 11 was struck the World Trade Center. Ugh. Damn. Um, oh my this goodness. It does say that the Blu-ray features interviews. So we missed out on that. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, we might have to see. Remember how we, the first time we watched this, it was from the library and you were right. like, why does the library have movies like this? And then I bought it on digital just to, just so, just so that we could do this. Oh my goodness. Says producer Ned Tannen reputedly said to Paul Schrader, Paul, if I have to sit through this shit, then you have to, do you mean it? God. Uh, and speaking of ter- these, these last two are, are a kicker. And then if there's another one that you're interested in, please feel free. Um, by his own admission, Schrader said one day he got so stoned on set and refused to come out of his trailer, uh, sacrificing a whole day of filming, which is not cheap. And then finally, my final note is that uh, Schrader and Natasha Kinski had an affair during the production of this movie. Schrader fell in love and uh, was going to propose marriage to her at the rap party, but she didn't show off and ghosted him, cut off all communications. After three months, he finally tracked her down where she bluntly told him, Paul, I always F my directors and with you it was difficult. Wow. Holy shit. That's, That's pretty cold. Okay, that so I have a couple things cool. here. And a Please. Here. So McDowell revealed in the Blu-ray interviews that the scene where he leaps on the bed in a very cat-like fashion was actually filmed. It was shown backwards. So he was jumping off and they, they reversed it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. It also says that Heard almost turned the role down because it seemed too much like porn. Oh, God, it was pretty close. Yes. Oh, my, oh and, my goodness. And the hooker who falls down the stairs. Oh, yes. Said that she did her own stunts because she was wearing underwear and couldn't wear padding. She had to do it 17 times before Schrader was satisfied. So she had to fall down 17 times. And she had to make her breasts display Every single one of those times. Oh, my God. You know, 17 takes. Oh, you didn't get it right. Do it. Fall down the stairs again. That was that was that was pretty rough. Oh, my goodness. All right. Any final thoughts before we give uh, we give this a rating one out of 10 meow meows? Oh, and the old lady is the only one who didn't have a boob shot. And the, the only one woman, <laughs> the only female. <laughs> Even all the extras. Everyone they were just, else showed when, their boobs. When they were riding the bus, all the women had their tits hanging out. I'm just kidding. That did not happen. No. Don't, ru- don't run out and rent the movie now. So, oh all right. Gosh. Okay. That's Any it. final thoughts? All right. One out of 10 meow no. meows. What do you give it? You give it no? That's, there's, oh. a, that's, there's a no rating? 
a one or a zero, which is the worst. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. It was, it was poorly edited, even if the script was okay. I mean, the, the jump cuts were horrible. The transitions didn't work in any way. Not to mention the fact that the script was terrible. I'm curious about the original movie, but I don't, not curious enough to watch it. Right. Yes. The curiosity is like it maybe like 30%. Yeah. <laughs> we have to be above 50% for us to, to see where we can find it. I yes. will give this, I will give this two out of 10 meow meows. Um, because I'd like You're generous. Because I'm oh, a guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but even even the the science fiction fantasy elements of the cats and their transformation and it just it just makes absolutely no sense. You know, no, you, you don't terrible. get you don't get any kind of back, background on why a leopard could mate with a human. Like, are the humans like special mutants or whatever? How did they grow inside the leopard? How do they how do they stumble upon this process? Is it some kind of weird tradition that started like, oh, we'll sacrifice our dog? Yeah. Girl, well, no, I got that. But up. how did they come to that is my question. You know what I mean? How did how they discover that... that that was the only way that they could Right. I just siblings? I just I just how did they discover that having sex with your siblings made it so you could live a normal life? I mean, I yeah, I, you wouldn't want to be part of that control group to figure that deal out. That's just no. disgusting. Blurg. No. None I of don't this like makes it. Sense. I know, exactly. So, and again, it was, like I said, I feel like, and sorry, Pearl Schrader, I'm sure you'll never, I'm sure you're not going to be one of our patrons and never listen to this show, but dude, I mean, I've lived here in Grand Rapids for a long time, and trust me, it's a lot more laid back than it was, I'm sure, in the 60s when you were growing up, but I don't know what kind of repression you were dealing with in the church that made you kind of come to this end, but... I certainly hope you found some peace in the time in between, because holy shit, this plus the I mean, Gigolo movie plus the hardcore... Yes. He obviously I mean, likes prostitutes. I yikes! I mean, I, the proof's in the or pudding. Or not, because the prostitutes often die. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know what? Even in American Gigolo, Richard Gere, who's the main character, is a is is a male prostitute, and he comes to a bad. He doesn't die, but he comes to a bad end. And you know that whole movie, Hardcore, was about the adult film industry, so lots of gratuitous nudity wrapped around you know the the CRC Church and here in Grand Rapids. So very dark tale, kind of all around. So oh my goodness, well, my dear. That that was wild. This this was this was fun to do. So, what do you say? Should we continue to do this as a series? Can we find more bad movies? Oh, there are plenty of bad movies. There are plenty Lots of, of bad movies. We watch we watch plenty. We do. Um, well, yes. I appre- I appreciate you doing this with me. Tell people out there where they can find you on the internets. I am at the April Carden on Instagram. Although you're going to see lots of health coach stuff on there. That's okay. Um, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Yes, indeed. Very good. And it's funny. I was doing a show with my partner, Jonathan Snedeker. He's a teacher and stays off. He says, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> which I'm like, that's all right. And, uh, you know, if you're a regular Secret Friends listener, which I'm sure you are, you can find me uh, as at the C3 on Twitter and a lot of other places. April and I do what well, I can say this together. April and I uh, do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the West Michigan chapter of the Starfle- of Starfleet, the Star Trek International Fan Club. You can find us on a website of that name and across socials all over the place if you're a Star Trek fan and live in the Michigan area or even if you're not. Hit us up. 
up, we would love to uh, talk to you about the great perks of belonging to the club. So special, super big thanks to all of our Patreon listeners. We love you guys. We love doing this for you. And you can look forward to seeing this show probably every other month, maybe once a quarter, we'll come back and we'll bring you another, we'll bring you an hour's worth of talking about a lousy movie if you like. So we'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you.